Today, I'm talking about Desdemona from 1912. I've watched two American adaptations of Shakespeare so far, and now I've seen one from Denmark. August Blom directed this film, which, like the two I watched previously, is not a faithful adaptation of Shakespeare's original play. Unlike the other two, which took only the most basic premise and ran with it in totally new directions, Desdemona approaches its source, in this case Othello, as a framework in which to tell a parallel story. Valdemir Selander, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, was the top Danish screen actor of his day, and he plays Einar, an actor starring on stage as Othello, and whose wife, Maria, played by Thyra Ryman, is cast as Desdemona. As they prepare for the play, their real life begins to mirror that of the characters. So Blom is telling Othello, but he's telling it as these two Danish actors who happen to also be playing in Othello. So it's an interesting little life-imitating-art scenario here. So Maria is secretly seeing another man. And the actor who plays Iago, who Maria has rejected earlier in the film, tells Einar about his wife's indiscretion. And then the film builds from there towards a tragic climax that anyone who knows the story of Othello will see coming, but it's still a powerful moment in the way that it's done in the film. Of the three Shakespeare-inspired films I've watched, for this project anyway, this one is by far the best made, though Florence Lawrence acting like a shrew is still the standout acting performance of the trio. I think, honestly, of everything I've watched, this is 20-something movies so far, she's still winning Best Actress. The film, under its original Danish title of, if I can say this, for Abend Typey, I probably not even close, but it had a Danish title. It premiered in Finland on April 8th, 1912. Important information you can surely use now to impress your friends before making its way into Danish theaters on May 12th of the same year. It hasn't survived terribly well in the print I saw as an extra on the same Othello DVD I've mentioned twice before is of very poor quality. That's been an issue with a number of the films I've watched to this point, which is understandable due to their age, and it underscores something I said in my very first introductory podcast. Watching films at home is not ideal. Films were made to be seen on a giant screen, and this is more true for silent films than for more recent releases, but I think it's true across the board. But when these films were being made, they were made with the assumption that they would only ever be seen in theaters. Television didn't exist yet. The first practical TV sets weren't available to the public until 1939 and didn't become common in American households until like the late 40s. Films were created to be seen on a massive screen and directors took full advantage of that fact. Objects and actions were placed all over the screen. And what is large and obvious to an audience in a cinema becomes tiny and almost unnoticeable when viewed on even the largest of television sets. 
In silent films specifically, the lack of spoken words meant nearly all of the plot and story had to be conveyed to the audience via facial expressions and body language. Only as a last resort were title cards used. And those looks and gestures are minimized or lost when you don't see these films on a 60-foot wide screen in a cinema. I'm sure I'll come back to this and expound upon this later. But I have to say now that I'm... I think this is 22 films into this project. I really wish I could watch all of these in their original splendor, untarnished by age, and on a theater's colossal screen. But as they say in Denmark, c'est la vie. Well, I, they probably have French classes in Denmark where they say that. I don't know how to say that in Danish. Next, I'm watching A Beast at Bay from 1912, directed by D.W. Griffith. 